Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, before I, what do you think, I'm going to have a can of Coke? I mean, come on. Um, before I bring out my next guest, we have a couple, of, we're going to do this in two intro segments. First one is going to be some FAN people. I had to write them down because if I leave one out, then I'm, you know, they, they hate me forever. But, you know, I can't, but I don't want to leave anybody out who's here. Hopefully they're all here. Here you go. Number one. Now, most of these people, a lot of them have been here as long as I have, and I'll be here for another one month and about 20 shows, so it's December 15th, so, but, well, thanks, thanks. Hey, you know what? It's time to go, it's time to go. Uh, I'm not going, I'll be around, I'm just not going to be on a fan every day, but listen, we give the next show a chance. Uh, now, give it a chance. Wait, 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 let's do this, let's do this first. Uh... One of, she was the first voice ever heard on WFAN. Susan Waldman. Where's Susan? Take a bow wherever you are. Where's Susan? You gotta be up front. Where is she? Okay, hi Susan. How are you? I didn't see him when the cocktail party, the voice of the Yankees, John Sterling. Is John here? There's John. Hey John. There's John. Nice to see you, John. Thanks for coming. The guys who filled in for me all the time in the summer and complained every day they did it. <laughs> Joe Benigno and Evan Roberts, where are you guys? There's Joe, and there's Evan. <laughs> two guys, two guys, I'm telling you, with faces for radio, I promise you, they really are. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Summers. Where's Steve? Where is Steve? Steve, come up here. Come here. Come here. Come up here. Hey, give me a mic. Give me a mic. Nice to come. You took a day off. <laughs> What a surprise, he's dressed in black. I've never seen him dressed in anything else. There you go. How are you? Well, Thanks I'm, for coming. I'm pretty good. Nice to see you. There, there is something that I've said a couple of times. What's that? On the air, and now I want to put you on the spot. What's that? 
You've been at the station. You've been the franchise. Right. You have been the voice of New York sports. Stop kissing up to me. What do you got? <laughs> I want you, right. for the first time what? in 30 years, to give the phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Never. You do it for me. Go ahead. Uh, eight, uh, let's see, 1-877-337-6666. Thank you. I'm never giving it. Thank you. Thank you. Good to see you. See you soon, everybody. All I would say right now is the Giants don't need one of them. They need 11 of them. Call Banks. <laughs> Paul gave more effort himself than the whole giant team did the last two weeks. They quit like dogs, folks. I'm sorry, okay? Uh, hey, absolutely. I watched. Um, another veteran who has been there from the beginning, Ann Ligori. Ann does all the golf and tennis. There's Ann. She still has a better... Handicapped than I do, so I don't like it. She's still, yeah, she's a good golfer. Um, one of my producers, we let some of them in the building, Mark Malusis. There's Mark. When Dog and I were doing a show one day, there was a close game. I'm going back, I mean, 20, uh, 25, 28 years. And Dog and I were fascinated by this girl doing play-by-play. And she's been on our show time and again. She had a family, this and that. But she's always been around. Erica Herskowitz. Where's Erica, who does updates on my show? Where's Erica? There's Erica. Last two weeks, every time I see Erica, she cries. I mean, it's unbelievable. And I want to thank the production and engineers and salespeople and everybody else. But one that I work close with than anybody else, I have to thank Mark Chernoff. Mark. Thank you, Mark. Now, I got more to do with the audience later, okay? Otherwise, my kids will never talk to me. But I, uh, we'll get to that. But first, another guy, Dog and I did a show years ago. They called us out to Hofstra and asked us to do the play-by-play uh, in a championship game between Hofstra and Delaware. The two coaches went on to fame and fortune. One, Mike Breeze, is at uh, Notre Dame. The other one has built a legacy at Villanova. Jay Wright, everybody. Come on, man. What's up, guys? Great to be back on Long Island, man. This is nice. It's not, you know what? It's 18 years since we did that game. Now, that's wow. sick. I remember coming out to Hofstra. Mike Pagese was the star at Delaware. Wow. Speedy Claxton, the star at Hofstra. You on the sideline, Tom Pacora with you, yeah. and you both coaches go on to great things. And here's how good he's done at Villanova, folks. Last four years, he's won 31 and 17 at a national championship. Thank you. Thank you. And last <laughs> night, he won like 120 to 12 against somebody. I don't know who. <laughs> I think he was playing some CYO team. I don't know who it was. But, uh, can, but you can, have done an amazing job. Well, I, I'm so honored to be here tonight. I had as much fun already just being with Terry Collins backstage before. Yeah, we told talking, some good stories. Talking yeah, some good did, stories. Did, yeah. some, some good we can't tell any of those out here, though. No, no, yeah, no. no, no. 
But, but uh, really, it's nice to come all the way up from Philly to I'm do this, folks. So thank I'm, you. I, I am honored. I am really honored to be a part of this. And uh, you know, when we came when we came to Hofstra uh, back in '94, remember, you know, there was no social media back in '94. Like everything was WFAN, Mike and a Mad Dog. It, no one knew us. You know, we just got there, and you would have us on the show. Yes. At the beginning, it was a joke. You guys, you guys were just having fun with yes. how bad we were. Yeah, that was it. We just wanted to get you on air to make fun of you. That was it, yes. It was. And you were good Then at you it. started winning. Yeah, and then you guys started to say, like, you know what? You, if you ever really win and get to a championship game, we'll do the game live. We'll do it live on WFN if you're in a championship we did. game. Yeah. And we played Delaware, as, as Mike said, and it was on ESPN. And everybody on Long Island was at the game. It was packed. And no one was talking about ESPN, NCAA tournament. All they were talking about was, I can't believe Mike and Mad Dog are actually doing the game. They're, they're on the sideline. And, so, and I see people to this day, hey, remember that championship game you played in? And Mike and the Mad Dog were on the sideline doing the game? I was like, yeah, we, we actually won. We went, to the, we went to the NCAA and tournament. Dog, too. Dog did the play-by-play, because I'm not a play-by-play man. I did the color, and Dog actually even knew one or two of the players. I mean, uh, you know, uh, just comment when Dog stops. You don't even know what he said. But I did do a couple of games in the Big East with him, and now you own the Big East. Last five years, they have been ranked six or better in the country, and they are the kings of the Big East and have built a dynasty at a school where it's very difficult to build a dynasty, but you have done an amazing job, and you have another very good team this year. But how about the national championship? Tell me about the national championship uh, uh, two years ago. Well, I do want to talk about national national championship, but... Talk about that. Talk about that. I will, I will, but I I, I, got to tell you, I appreciate so much, though, what you guys did for us when we we were at Hofstra. And, you know, everybody in New York always, you know, even though we're down in Philly now, we still listen to the fan. And everybody up in New York, in the Philly, the Villanova people always listen to it. They love when I'm on. So what am I going to do now? But the, the best thing Villanova people like is when I'm on the fan with you. We, don't, we have a month. Okay. We have one more month. That's it. <laughs> but we, we'll do it again. But you know what? You've been, on, you've been on more than – it's either you or Calipari who've been on. And I don't even like Calipari. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, so, but he likes to come on because he likes to recruit. He's so smart. He's it. smart. You know, so – but it's great branding for us to be is. on with you, Mike. And, and we, you've built a dynasty there. But how about, talk a little bit about yeah. what it meant to win a national championship at, at Villanova. Well, it, I, I just heard uh, Coach Collins talk about, you know, you grow up and you think about playing in the World Series, which I did that too. That didn't happen. But uh, as a basketball player, you know, and you get to be a coach, the Final Four, the Final Four is is the greatest, you know, and it's like the World Series. And, in 09, we got to the Final Four, and it, it gave you a kind of a sense of calm. I, I didn't know if we would get back again, but when we got to the championship in, set, in 16, there, it was different having been there before, and I think it helped me help the players a little bit. In 09, I don't think I was much help to the players. I might have been more excited than they were, but in 16, um, we learned a lot in 09, some mistakes we made. And uh, that game against Oklahoma, we played Oklahoma in the semifinals, and they beat us by like 30 earlier in the season. And that was an advantage for us, really, because usually when you get to the Final Four, you're playing a team that, you're playing a great team that you haven't seen during the year. They had beaten us, so our guys were really motivated, and we we had an unbelievable game against them. And then the game against Carolina in the final was one of the all-time greats with Chris Jenkins hitting the shot. You were so calm. 
when the shot went in. I mean, you were just, you didn't react. You were just very calm about the whole thing. I, I, I honestly, um, with 4.7 seconds left, we had blown, up until that point, we had blown a 10-point lead. So we had done everything you could possibly do wrong. Right before that, we gave up a three. And our guys came off the floor, and they were so positive. And that's something we walk, work on in our program, that attitude is a big part of our program. And the fact that, you know, you can't, you can't control everything that happens to you in life, but you can control your attitude, right? And they came off the floor after we gave up a 10-point lead, and they were going, attitude, attitude, we got this. And so I had a confidence that we were going to run the play correctly, we were going to execute. You never know if it's going to go in or not. But when it went in, I just kind of felt like, hey, I was so proud that they had a great attitude and they executed. You win, you win. If it misses, you lose. You know, we would have went into overtime if it missed. So the winning and losing isn't as important as just the, the relationship with the guys. No, it's important to win. Knowing that I was going to come on your show later, then it would be important yes, to win. Yes, it is. And, you know, with Jay, one of the things is, Jay is the Pat Riley of college basketball, you know. Uh, he is the most stylish coach. Uh, he's the only one who worries about his wardrobe from head to toe, shoes, the whole. He's the only one who knows I have Bruno Mali shoes on right now. There's no other coach who yeah, would man. know that. We actually compare shoes when I go to the right. garden. That's it, on the when sideline. We, when we play at the garden, I, I get a Mike comes back to the locker room. I, get, I think right away, yeah. like, oh, man, I better have good shoes on. <laughs> that is true. One year, one year, we were in the Big East tournament, and... I happened to, you know, I had two blue suits in a row. So I bring like a blue shoe, a black shoe. So I wore the same shoes two nights in a row. He comes in, he goes, you kidding me? You wore those shoes last night. What are you doing, man? I was like, no one else would notice that, Mike. No one would even think of that. He does. He, wears, he, he is the best dress coach. He is by, by a, long, a long margin. Now, <laughs> talk about something serious for a second. College basketball is going through a nightmare right now. We've had... Scandal after scandal, Georgia Tech, everything that went on in the summertime. What, if anything, is going to be the repercussion? Of, is this going to cause any changes? Is this, can you sense any change in anything with this, or is it just going to blow away? No, I think this is going to create change. I really do. Uh, it, first of all, it, it's, it is embarrassing. It's embarrassing to our, our profession, but um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to create people getting together. There's a commission now that is, has been formed um, to, to, over, to oversee college, or look at college basketball, what can be done. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is forming a group that can look at this and address this. I, my opinion is that we, we have to get back to making pro sports authentic, which it is, and college sports authentic. You know, the the word amateurism shouldn't even be involved because college athletics now in the revenue-producing sports is big business. What it is is it's student athletes who are playing a sport for their university. That's what it is. But they're being very well taken care of while they're in school. So to say they're amateurs, that, that, that doesn't work anymore. But what we should do is, is take the baseball model no Co more one and done, first of all. One right. and done has to go away. College baseball. It, col baseball has it right. If you, you, can, you can be drafted out of high school in baseball. Right. But if you choose to go to college, then you have to go for three years. And you can't be drafted again until after your third year. It works. And we, if we could do the same thing and have the NBA invest in the G League where 
guys coming out of high school could actually go to the G League and make a good living. You know, you have, we are forcing kids to go to college that don't want to go to college no, because absolutely. they're professional athletes, really, and they want to go for one year and so remember, they can be NBA players. remember, people understand, that is not a college rule. That's an NBA exactly. rule. NBA forces that. College can't force it. So we, they should be allowed to go. The great ones, the LeBron James and the great ones, should be allowed to go from high school right to college. The others have to stay three years, which would cut out all this nonsense because these guys, as people might know, go one semester, then start training for the NBA draft. They go to school one semester. That's exactly. it. It's ridiculous. Exactly. Let me get to a couple of uh, things here. Number one. You've been in Villanova 18 years. You've turned down 18, at least 18 NBA jobs. Uh, you turned down the Sixers 42 times. Are you, when are you going to make the move? You dress like an NBA coach. You've been there 18 years. When are you going to the NBA? I, I Soon like, you're going to go to the NBA, right? No, I don't think when, so. How close did you get? What was the closest you almost got? Uh, this. <laughs> did you say Mike, yes and have to Mike go home? Goes, no, did, no, I never did that. Never did that. When... when um, when Ed Stefanski was the president and general manager of the Sixers, no, Eddie Well, yes. he was actually my neighbor. Yep. And that time, I did talk with him. I met with him, and and then I told him I would give you an answer right away. And then I just decided I'd, I I would I, I would love to coach in the NBA, except I don't want to leave Villanova to do it. I love my job, so it just. And Jay's a Long Island guy. You know, I don't know how many folks here know. Long Beach, Atlantic Beach, where I grew up. Uh, I grew up working at the ABC, the Atlantic Beach Club. Yeah, he lives yeah. at the ABC <laughs> in the summertime. He's hey, there. You can always find a coach see, there you, in Hogan's Alley. If you know what Hogan's <laughs> Alley is, he's always in Hogan's Alley all summer at the ABC if you're yeah. looking for him. That's where you can find you him on the beach. From, you guys from New York and, and Long Island, you think this is normal, man. This is the only place in the world you can do this. Have the greatest city in the world and go to the greatest beach clubs, yeah, and it. they're all right next to each other. It's... There's only one place to do it. You, that's it. This is it. So he always comes back. He absolutely does. I and, know. and listen, so we only have one month left. So you have to come on at least two or three times in the I, next month. I, Otherwise, I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I told you, Mike. It's got to call my, me at home. It's good for my branding. And Villanovans up here in New York, we have the most alumni in this area. You do. And they There's love a million show. people. Breen sent all his kids to Villanova. Everybody on Long Island could, sends their kids to the Michigan or Villanova. Here's the quick history. It was formed for Irish people who couldn't get wouldn't allow it in the colleges in the 1800s. Right. So where were all the Irish people? New York. Oh, I thought, it so was, they I thought Villanova was for people who couldn't get into Notre Dame. Oh, <laughs> man, did I walk into that one. Uh, man, I, I put that I, on that a right? plate for you. I put that <laughs> on a plate for you. No, but half of Long Island goes to Michigan, and half goes to Villanova. You're right, you're right. That's it. You have more people. It's unbelievable. It I is. know so many And then kids. they all come back. Yeah. They all go there. That was the hardest thing when I was at Hofstra. Everybody from Long Island leaves Long Island to go to college. And then they come back to Long Island to live. And I would always tell them, you're going to come back here to live. Just stay here, man. It didn't, it didn't work. Well, listen, I mean, he came all the way. He had a game last night. Came all the way from Philly. Drove all the way from Philly just now to do this. So, listen, very nice of you to do this. Proud of you, He's man. always been on the show. Jay Rice, big hand for the Villanova head coach.